you've just kind of gathered on your body now. It's like you're walking around in a living crow cloak. I don't like it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Podquisition. I'm your host, Jim Sterling. Here with me, as always, is our good friend, Laura. Hello. Hello. I'm here as I am every week. How are you doing, Jim? Oh, I'm fantastic. Could not be any chuffing better. Gavin, how the hell are you? I'm a little bit worse for wear today, but I'm still pretty pretty chipper, actually. Why are you a little bit worse for wear today, Gavin? That's not... It, it's quite unusual that you come to this <laughs> recording in, in some odd Let's sorts. just say I, I had a good night last night. And, oh, okay. You know, if I sound like movie trailer guy today, that's why, so... That's fine. You'll be tired. You'll be subdued. It will be much easier for the rest of us to talk over you, unlike last week where you actually said things. Yeah, that was not on, Gavin. <laughs> we can't be having any of that. If, if crow cloaks are good enough for Eileen the Crow, they're good enough for me, so suck it. You're not Eileen the Crow, though. We, we also have another person who I think is somewhere on this Skype call. Hello. Is, are, you, are you here, other person? Who am I? Who are you? Witness I don't know. Me. Are you Max Max Caulfield from Life is Strange? That's is the that one. who you I'm are? I'm that, that, uh, that tween. I'm a millennial. I'm here to tell you guys <laughs> about the uh, student loans and uh, and Hella. It's a, it's a great word. Hella, Hella selfie. Fuck yourself. We're going to smoke Hella weed and then I'm gonna, we're going to solve a mystery together. We're going to have a morning wake and bake. Max, sure what, is, what can you tell me about Tinder? I have never heard of it. Is it the new social media wave? I think it's the up-and-coming way to sell a game to people who are alone. As the fine folks at Bethesda have proven, you can use it to market your game where you make little men in a hole have sex with each other. That's brilliant. I'm learning a lot about teen life. Matt, this is Max Scoville, by the way, uh, via the comedy button and IGN. Uh, we, we had his good friend Brian Altano on a few weeks ago, and we teased him heavily uh, last episode, I don't know if you got the subtle clues we gave you. Oh, they were very subtle clues. I did eventually tell everyone because they were all just so confused by so our subtle stumped. clues about who this might be. They Could have so been stumped. so many people who had maximum levels of comedy and ate peppers of Scoville's. Could have been anyone. I know. I thought I was getting a bit too obvious when I just blurted out the, the name Max Scoville, but no it, one it's got fine. it. No, it's no one you, you, were nice and, you were nice and quick. I don't think anyone picked up on it. It's good to tease But things. a lot of people don't realise that Max is my teen idol. Now, I learn everything I can, because I am, you know, I'm a teenager myself. Um, you know, and, and I'm new to it. Like, my sexual flower is just budding. Um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to notice uh, grown-up responsibilities. And Max is someone I look up to as, as one of the older boys in school. And he... Metaphorically and literally on account of the poster that is on your ceiling. Yes, yes. Um, it's, it's not just one now. There's a whole... It's what I call the Max Scoville collection. It's, it's a range of ceiling posters, and I sometimes lie on the floor making carpet angels, just looking at you upwards and sighing. And then I get inspiration, and then I go to school, and I learn how to talk to girls, how to be cool, how to uh, ace the test, and score the big win in the game. We're talking, we're talking about doing it, yeah? Oh, yeah, talking about pussy banging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can pretty much guarantee right we're always... Talking about that on this show, yes. when if there's yes. something vaguely going in that direction, you can be sure that's what's that's well, what's we, being. We, we appear in the video games category on iTunes. That's only because there is no pussy banging category. Yeah, yeah. If, right, if there was right. a pussy banging category, then we'd be in there on account of all y'all's pussy banging. Yeah, we would be number seven on the podcast charts on mm. iTunes above Welcome to Night Vale in the pussy banging charts. Yeah, I mean, Jim, but, but Jim, still Jim unto my brother, my brother and me. Jim loves Max so much that, like, uh, William Defoe is actually crying in a corner out of jealousy now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I... Well, it's partially the jealousy and also his, his contract with Faye Yogurt has dried up. <laughs> Not such a live and active culture. It's okay. No. Jim's, Jim's yogurt will never dry up. There's plenty of that for him. Oh, God. Like, I've... Frothy like, yeast. My <laughs> pants are full of froobs. I can't tell you how full of froobs they are. Um, his yummy natural yogurt. Anyway, video games. We sometimes talk about them on this podcast. Sometimes ten minutes in, if we're lucky. Do we want to do some of those video gamey things this week? Or nah, forget about them. Banana and peach. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I was just trying to think of the, the dirtiest yogurt flavour I know. I mean, I could have just said penis 
vagina <laughs> yogurt. But I, but I went with banana and peach, which I don't think I've had banana and strawberry. I've had peach melba. I, you know, every fucker's had peach melba yogurt. Never had banana and peach. It was referenced on my, one of my favourite TV shows, Bottom, though. I don't I've, know where I've I'm going banana, with any I've of the I've tried both banana and peach, and um, I tend to lean more towards peach. <laughs> lean, more, lean toward... Well, the peach is a classic yeah. um, yoghurt flavour in England. I mean, you get it out here, but I don't think when people think yoghurt, they think... I mean, you know, I'm saying yoghurt now. So maybe when I should be saying yoghurt... Yeah, you're a betrayer of the cause, Jim. This is it, you should be having yogurt at the football match uh, while watching cricket at the football match and having tea and crumpets. You guys commit to the commit to pronouncing that word. You look at all the different letters in that word and you say all of them. Yeah, it's great. But I I've blown it because instead of doing it, instead of eating yogurt at the football match, drinking uh, beer at the pub and watching EastEnders, I do it the American way, which is eat a yogurt and then do something incredibly racist. So <laughs> I feel like I've let the country down. I'm sorry about that. But that was that was this week's satire out the way. Uh, stay tuned next week for another satire. Max, it's fantastic to talk to you again. We have not talked in a long, long time. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, shit, I think the last time we, we uh, the last time we ever met face to face was at E3. Back when I think the last E3 I ever did before I decided E3 was bollocks. I didn't want to go anymore. Um, and you told me to watch a film that I have always remembered to watch, but never watched. Uh, oh, what was it? It was the, the Santa Claus one. The evil Santa Claus where they thaw him out of the ice. Oh, of the ice. oh yeah. Such a good movie. That's uh, Rare Exports. Rare Exports. Like, it keeps popping up in my Netflix thing. And I, every time I think of you, and I'm like, Max told me to watch that. I need to watch that. Uh, but right now... I, I don't know if... Because the thing about Netflix is you can watch any movie you want and it makes you scared to watch movies more than ever before. Because it's like... That's totally true. I can't waste an hour. Also, but you don't... There's no... There's no there's no value to them, you know? Like, you can watch any movie you want and you can quit it six minutes in. But, you know, if we were to see movies in the theater, you'd be wasting $12. If you rent movies, you'd be wasting $3. But, you know... Exactly. That's my... My biggest problem with Netflix is anytime I try and watch a film that like I actually have been meaning to watch, I get distracted. I'm like, I could spend this hour watching this film I've been meaning to watch, or I could spend the same amount of time watching The Man with the World's Smallest Penis. Like, there's just too many options. You guys have such better Netflix in the States as well, and probably in the UK. Like, Irish Netflix is, is very disappointing. English Netflix is just full of really, really bizarre uh, documentaries, as I discovered on Christmas this year, where I did sit and watch The Man with the World's Smallest Penis. Mm. I've seen that one. Yeah, it's like it's like an hour and a half of a man being like, I'm pretty sure my fiancé left me because my penis is too small. I'm oh. going to tell the world about my tiny penis. Rachel watched and, that, and she said it yeah. was probably more that he was a bit of an asshole that she left. Yeah, he did seem like an asshole, but he's like, no, it's clearly because of my three-inch mm. penis. Let me tie weights to it and maybe inject it with steroids. We watched one about like um, when porn stars retire from porn, and actually, it. I love that it, one. That one's so. It good. made me cry. The bit where uh, Asia Carrera was talking about when her husband died, I was like bawling, crying. It was really sad. <laughs> so yeah, we can't watch your stupid Christmas film. We got we got documentaries about porn and and dicks to watch. Mm. It's far more important business. What is it called? After Porn Ends. It's well worth the watch, actually. It's a good documentary. That one's good. One of them's like a, a realtor. Yeah. Do we want to talk about video games at all, or are we just gonna we're gonna throw that premise out the window this week? Are they still making them? Um, apparently so, considering that you know one of them's on Tinder. Well, did you guys not hear? Video games got banned. Maybe that's why Vault Boy's on Tinder. The video games got banned, and now he's got nowhere else to mm. be. He's just gonna go on Tinder and date some people yeah swipe left <laughs> See, what happened joke. is someone, someone went culture. into a convenience store in america and robbed it and in court said doom made me do it and now video games have been banned now there are no such thing as video i no, have no, never no. even no. seen a video game doom didn't make him do it all video games made him do it i played every video game and now i am evil mm. i heard they just finished the games that they made all of them and they're done yeah, yeah. They they realized, oh, we've made the game where the the bold white man angrily holds a gun on the front cover and shoots someone. We made that one. Apparently, don't have to make it again. That already happened with music in the late nineties, and they're still making music. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I do think I think like like in the eighties they decided like we're gonna make two hundred video games, and once we hit that number, we're done. And I think they've done that now. I think that's it. Two hundred, and they they're finished. They clearly haven't finished making all the video games because there is at least one video game they have not yet made. Hashtag where the fuck is Beyond Good and Evil 2, Ubisoft? 
they were just about to make that, but it was two hundred one. They like scrap that. They ran out of green. They ran out of green polygons as well. Yeah. Oh no. Mm. Yeah, green is the most expensive and rare kind of polygon in the video game. Yeah. Like the last game ever made, the two hundredth game was Episode Four of Tales from the Borderlands. So we ain't getting any more of those. We don't know how that ends because that was number two hundred cut off period. No more video games, thank you. Yeah. Which and Witcher Three used all the graphics, so there are no graphics left. Yeah. They, they I, used I the last ten graphics that yeah. video games had left. I, I don't think they need to make any more video games because uh, I played a video game this week. I'm pretty sure it is the pinnacle of video game excellence. I played John Cena's Sexy High School Adventure 2, Ass Through Time. Oh my god, they what? came up with a sequel? They came nice. up with a sequel and it's actually pretty fantastic. Fucking brilliant. So, for anyone who's listening and doesn't know about the original, John Cena's Sexy High School Adventure is where John Cena dates John Cena at John Cena High School. It's a dating sim. It's wonderful. You've got John Cena's theme badly played on clarinet in the background. It's adorable. Oh, that and sounds amazing. The sequel is even better. In the sequel, John Cena bumps into basically the Doc Brown version of John Cena, who is also kind of Albert Einstein. And apparently the John Cena timeline is being erased from history. So you have to go to the future and past to fix the John Cena timeline. So you have to go save caveman John Cena and John Cena who might be Hitler and John Cena who's a lady in the future. And so just regular John Cena across the board there? Yeah, you, just, <laughs> all of, <laughs> you send John Cena to save all of the facets of himself it, across history it sounds in to order me, to stop the John Cenas from dying in the timeline. It sounds to me like someone's angling for an action figure range. They, they want to be the new Pogs or the new monster in my pocket, just like, like the, the Cena toys. Like, just different ones, different tribes like mini Boglins, like the cave <laughs> Cenas, the medieval Cenas, the dirty Cenas. They could be the next Amiibos, and I would buy every one of them until the stock was too difficult to buy, Asinos. and then I would shout about them. Asinos. John Cenos, yes. I like, the, I like the idea of just new pogs. Like That sounds like new Coke or something. It's something so, so sexy about it mm. from a marketing standpoint. I would buy new, new pogs. pogs. Like, I actually bought a box of GoGo's Crazy Bones when they brought those back. I don't know why. <laughs> It was it was a waste of money. They're just in the, cupboard, feel, in the cupboard. I think that they're a great way to just leave. If you leave them around, you might have a, a child or pet's death on your hands real quick, and that's that'll liven, liven things up. That's an element exactly. of danger to normal humdrum daily life. It it turns your life into slow play, uh, slow paced Russian roulette. It's that's, you just yeah. you don't know who could die at what moment. I might actually start cooking Gogo's crazy bones into my food. Yeah, just put put a pog in your mashed potatoes. That'd Make a nice casserole and just tell, like, invite dinner guests around and just say, look, I don't want to alarm anyone, but I'll put some Go-Go's Crazy Bones in there. It's it's not the craziest thought in the world, because in England we do that with Christmas pudding anyway. We just put a metal coin in it. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's a healthy thing to put inside your food. No one's ever going to choke on that. So I have a question. They yeah. have a, a thing in Germany. I don't really understand this, but they have a thing where you stuff a coin into things. Like it's a little, it's like a, you see it at Christmas time, there'll be little marzipan boys that have coins in their butt cheeks. Yeah, I am aware of the marzipan butt cheek boys. <laughs> what are they, what are they for? Of, co- what do of you course do you are, Laura. <laughs> you like rip the coin out and make a wish? Do you sp- spend it on something or? Um, I think it's one of those you're supposed to leave the coin there and like you're not supposed to take the coin back because then it's unlucky to retake the coin. But if you leave the coin in the butt cheeks, then it's good luck for the year. Which, I don't know how that makes sense, because it's a food. So surely the, the food eventually is going to fall apart. But you're supposed to put the coin in the butt cheeks and not take it back out, I think. Oh, so you can't eat the butt cheeks. You can eat around the butt cheeks, but I don't think you can eat the butt cheeks themselves. I think you have to leave the coin in the butt mm. cheeks. Yeah, eventually you're German just going to end cheeks. up with a, with a butt with a coin in it. And then mm. that's, yeah. that's your Christmas present. Yeah, you, well, it would be a great Christmas present for me. I would be more than happy to have a butt with a coin in it You'd for love it, yeah. You know what German people are really good at? Um, making you look like a great dancer. We were at a wedding with like um, with German people recently and like all the Irish people looked like Michael Jackson next to them, even though we were just blindly stumbling around. It was awesome. Well, to be fair, they have got like their pockets are full of marzipan boys with coins in the butt cheeks, so they can't get much leg movement. No. Because exactly. I don't know, like you get one every fucking Christmas. You get to the age of 35, you've got 35 marzipan butt coin boys in your pocket right that's be- like like it's no wonder that the germans right 
steal, famously steal sunbeds at hotels. Because they need somewhere to put the butt coin boys. At this point, I'm just thinking that we maybe replace the tradition, we get rid of the coins, and we get new pogs, and new pogs go in the butt cheeks. I honestly think And that's think how so. we make new pogs, like, the, the big thing. We sell them to people to put in the butt cheeks. I could see that being a, a Hawaiian Christmas tradition, is just a, uh, just a, 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 a big old barbecued pig that has a bunch of pogs in its ass, and you gotta eat it in there and get in the good luck. I'm pretty sure I is, saw that is, in a Ramstein video once. Is this like a piñata? You have to eat your way to the pogs by eating through the pig's ass. I would, I would love the Hawaiian butt pog pig. It's the Hawaiian Christmas milk cat pig. <laughs> I swear these aren't real words you're saying. These do not sound like real things. I just, Get right in there. Just, pogs in pigs. I think it's going to be a new charity that I want to set up to fill pigs with pogs. Mm. And then do a pig pog pig pignata. And just smack them oh, and all yeah. the pogs pig explode pignata. everywhere. Yeah, we'll get... A pignata is when you feed a you feed a, a hog a whole garbage bag full of Tootsie Rolls and other different snacks, and you then you butcher it, and you get the candy yeah. out again. Uh. I mean, it's, it's really quite a gruesome tradition, because basically, like in Seven, where he fed that uh, the big boy full of spaghetti and then kicked him till he ruptured, and all the spaghetti fell out onto his dick... I don't think that happened, but that's how I choose to remember it. Uh, basically, you fill the pig so full up with, um, you know, we're talking your Tootsie Rolls, we're talking your Apple Jacks, we're talking your Twizzlers, and they're so full up that basically, I mean, one punt, one hit with the stick, and it it just explodes. And they, oh, yeah. they haven't hollowed the pig out. I mean, the pig's still alive. That's the worst part. It's hanging up there just... It's got a bunch of pogs and slammers in its ass. Big old apple in its mouth. I've, I've realised at this point, trying to get us back on track to video game news, not going to happen this week. I'm going to go with a question. I'm going to give us a question to do. It's kind of a video game question, but I think I can maybe keep you all on track with this. Is it about pogs and pigs? It's, it's, it's more about pig, butts. More pigs. It's about butts. It's about butts. Is that okay? Can I get us to a butt question? Uh, That's almost on brand with what we kind of do on this show. Is that okay? I have judged it worthy. Okay. We have a question this week from T-Joy, who wants to ask, who has the best butt in any video game? There we go. Now, we did a thing where we asked an audience member a question. They can't shout at us for not doing that segment now. The Battletoad. The Battletoad. Battletoad. Just, just, the battle, just the any battle specific Battletoad that had a great the ba- ass? The, or just the Battletoad as in the species. The, the species of, of Battletoad. Okay. You know, like, like the dog or like the, yeah. the, the human. Yeah. What, what do you the like about the Battletoad ass? Well, it's really, it's a, it's a very muscular cloaca. It's very... <laughs> Carefully disguised as a as a, a a pair of real haunches, but the the fact of the matter is that it's not. It's concealing just an an amphibian shoot for for eggs and and uh, you know other other uh, genetic material. And if you reach in far enough, you can pull out a super rare shiny park. Oh wow, they do have quite um quite purse bottoms. I'm just googling oh, it there now. Are we, are we looking are, at are we Googling, are we Googling toe cloakers? Now, Jim, I know that you don't want to go to E3 anymore, and I can't blame you for that, but there's one thing you missed out on this year. Uh, someone at Microsoft uh, apparently fell into a, a K-hole, as they're known in the clubbing scene, uh, and proceeded to order a large resin Battletoad statue of, I believe it was Rash, the sunglasses-wearing fellow. Oh, I saw and the photos, the, yeah. The, the problem with a statue like that is that people are going to take pictures of the front of it, but as it is a three-dimensional object, it also has a backside. And as it is a figural model of a battle toad, it has a pair of just bread loaf-sized butt cheeks. Just and they're yeah. they're you can it was a high high quality casting, really. Yeah. Just sturdy, sturdy ass. I'd have got no I would have gotten nowhere else at E3. If, he, if I'd have gotten near the Battletoad ass, that's where I would have... I'd, I'd have set up camp at Camp Battletoad ass and just pitched up there. And I'm just, like, dude, you if you want me to... live blog that ass for oh, I'm like, camp dude, you want me to preview a game? You come to Camp Battletoad and bring, bring your game on a laptop because I ain't leaving this. I've set up a tent. So, you know. best ass in video games. Um, I am quite partial to the, the buttocks of... Oh, what's the character in Borderlands 2 called? Ellie? I think it is, yeah. Scooter's yes. cousin. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, she 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 is very confident about her buttocks. She's sort of they're very practical. She's a mechanic. She's going to have to do a lot of like sitting down on the ground fixing cars and such. You know, it's it's practical to have a plump backside. She doesn't shy away from it. She's got a flower on the backside. It's like no, I am proud of my large posterior. Take a look at it. It's awesome. I love it. She's just very confident and body positive about her her deservedly awesome ass. So there you go. There's my favorite. You know what was disappointing in a game <laughs> in Arkham uh, Night was that Batman's new suit was all um, like gadgets all over it and metal armor and shit, and you couldn't see his butt as well as you could because his butt in the previous game was probably the best one I've seen, and Catwoman for that matter as well had an amazing butt. Do you remember the scene where he picks up he picks up Harley Quinn and just presents her, yeah. her, her yeah. large yeah. ass to the camera. Yeah. I think that was the my, my lowest moment in, in gaming in this, this particular year. Yeah, I, I felt bad because I did turn the camera around to admire her bum because she did have a very nice well, bum. Ca- nice you pick her up and the camera is right there. just front. They, they want to remind you that in case, in the same way that like in, I don't know, in uh, Ape Escape or something, and you enter a level, the camera shows you all the all the elements of the level you need to recognize. It you know, flies around to make sure that you don't miss anything. In, in Arkham Knight, you picked up a, a woman, and it just showed you her butt cheeks just right there in case there was any chance that you didn't realize you could move the camera. <laughs> you know, 16 hours into that game, you couldn't move the camera around to look at a pair of, mm-hmm. pair of little and Christmas like, hams. All it satchel. needed to do at that point was to keep cutting to Sam Neill, just going, Do you see?! Speaking, Max, you said there you felt like it was your saddest moment of the year. What is your guys' moment during a game where you felt at your saddest? I have to say for mine, there was this moment in, I think it was Mass Effect 2 or maybe 3, where Shepard can like have a drink and you just press the buttons to make him do the action of having an alcoholic drink. I was just like, why am I doing this? This is the most pointless shit. Um, I think the most like sadly depressing moment where I was just like, yep, this is my career now was it was a press event for Metro Last Light, I think it was. And it was a very similar one to Max's where it was just like, here is the scene where we're going to put you in the topless, topless lap dance scene. Oh, yeah. With there's like gross sweaty men to either side of yeah. me. I tried to turn the camera up to the ceiling. The character who's giving you a topless lap dance climbs up onto you to be like, oh, you moved the camera away to not look at my breasts. I'm going to move my breasts up a bit for you to look at. Just that like, scene felt a little yeah. bit, um, I just totally felt out of, place, out of place with the rest of the game, I felt. which it, it wouldn't have been so bad had it been at home by myself, but it was just this moment of, yeah, I am sat in a room full of people looking at a pair of breasts that want to be looked at, whether I don't want to look at them right now or not. And they were very lovingly modelled breasts as well. In oh, that exactly. Game. I'm not criticising that. They were fantastically modelled, but that was that was a fun moment. I think for me, the saddest part of my career may be like the fact that I'm still looking at Google image searches of toad cloacas. <laughs> Oh god! I mean, Jim, I've got you, you shared one moment with me where we were trying to find Toad from Mario's butt. Oh yeah, that, that was um, horrible. Don't search for the buttocks of um to- of Toad from the Mario games. You find some disturbingly creepy images of uh, disturbingly young-looking genitalia. I mean, like like the kind of thing that that, that subway boy would be interested in. Like, yeah. it's it's not good. That, um, that, that don't Google it, my... says Laura, at which point every Podquisition listener Googled it. Yes, yeah, so people are like, fuck, I've got to open up a new tab now. They, they <laughs> open up and remove, move from the Toad Cloaca tab and then go over to the Toad's Arse tab. I, I did spend a portion of a day um, photoshopping out Toad's penis from an image in order to be able to talk about his arse. <laughs> what, a, what a travesty. What a hard time. Yeah, I know. It's such a terrible, terrible, terrible business to be in. Mm. Having, to, having to Photoshop out dicks. I'm looking at pogs on eBay right now, and they're expensive. <laughs> Are, they crazy. Are they bad? I used to have pretty so expensive. many. Like, like, almost full collections of, like, Series 1, Series 2, Series 3, which was called Pog World Tour. Um, what do you actually oh, do with pogs? Is it actually a game, or...? It, it, allegedly. It's, it's a game, and no one ever played the game. No. Okay. You were supposed to... Like stack them up. Is it like cardboard Pokemon then? They're little round, little round. They're supposed to be bottle caps, but they abandoned that idea. Mm. Uh, They're basically little round cardboard discs with pictures on. Um, I know what they are. Just what was the point of them? 
Well, it was kind I'm, I'm going like, to explain like for the stacking tiddlywinks for or the something. listeners as well. If you're not aware of Pogs, they were these little round circular discs, cardboard. They had pictures on, like like trendy '90s pictures and things, or sometimes of just this hairy man called Pogman. Mm-hmm. And you'd stack them. You'd make you stack them into a little tower. Then there was a plastic one, which I think was called a Kino at one point, but they ended up just calling them Slammers. Um, you're supposed to put them between your index finger and your your middle finger. And then you flick it, you, you flip it, the plastic one, at the tower. And then any, any of the pogs that end up upside down in the resulting explosion of cardboard and plastic, mm. you keep them. Wow. Jesus. It was, they, so they it, wasn't just, it wasn't just, I'll swap you Bart Simpson for Gary Lineker then? No, the, the only reason that people ever played the game was to steal each other's pogs and to get them banned at school because it was, oh, well, so-and-so took my pog because they won in the pogs game. Wow. It was, a, yeah. It, I mean, most people I knew didn't. It really was just the swapping Bart Simpson for Gary Lineker. It was, <laughs> like, I collected them just to have them. But there was a board game at one point, Pog the Game, which I bought because it had exclusive pogs. I was big on pogs. Um, and that was a board game. It involved the slamming things as well but but there was an actual board that you went round and stuff and that was i can't remember i don't think i ever played it i just wanted the pogs and there were pog books storybooks about pogman this is all flooding back into my head now storybooks about pogman and the adventures he'd get into and in the middle was a cardboard sheet with pop-out pogs exclusive pogs and i bought boxes of checks because check cereal had pogs in them or was it Golden Grahams? It was some. It was something with pogs, and I had the alien land shark pog, and I had a pog that was shiny holographic with a bumblebee on it. I really want some pogs now. You can head on down to the Hawaiian Christmas festival, and they've got a whole pog stuffed right inside a pig. That they do. I'm going to go to the pog pig Christmas festival. It's a holiday treat tradition, a big festival of the swine's ass. Get in there. <laughs> That's the slogan. It says, get in there in italics. Um, So other questions we have this week. Do we have any other questions about arses? Um, We had a question for Jim and Max. If you two were to do a Dragon Ball Z fusion, how many Hawaiian shirts would Jax Sterving be wearing? That depends how many many Swine's Fests we've been to. Because we'd have to dress up for the occasion to get our sweet, sweet pogs. Oh yeah. This is the first uh the first po- um pog swine fest that you've been to together as as Jack Sterving. Right. How many shirts do you need to wear? I think it would be just one really really long bolt of Hawaiian shirt fabric that would wrap around us mm-hmm. like a full bo- like a full body turban. Yeah. <laughs> really like trailing off in the wind like the scarf from Journey. <laughs> yeah. But if the if the if they made mummies for for cold weather like a cold weather mummy to go out in the cold, mm-hmm. all wrapped mm-hmm. up in, in all bundled up, swaddled essentially with these. That's these the one Hawaiian That's swaddling is is what we would be wearing. Okay, look, yeah, <laughs> it it would look awesome. That's true. I su- That's true. I would. suppose that answers the question. Yeah, right. We'd be Probably. a tropical Scooby Doo villain. Uh, we got some non-video gamey questions this week. Uh, Jack Grunswager <coughs> wants to know: Is it okay that he writes gay fan fiction about his friends and that none of them know about it? I was going because when I saw the question, I was going to say if they're cool with it, then why not? But if they don't know I, about it, <laughs> I think from, it's like you should probably tell them. It's like, hey, is it cool, guys? If I write like you know, if I write stories about you two bumming, is that cool? Yeah, you probably want to get the get their blessing or at least make them aware. Uh, or otherwise, I mean, if you are going to do it, I mean, like, maybe keep it in your head rather than write it down. What if you make the, the, the fiction, the, 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 the gay friend fiction, you make it really, really flattering and you make them all just glistening Adonises, mm. just mm. R- rippling, rippling Channing Tatum chest To the boards. point where they, they, they will feel less creeped out and more just... just I think Just they'd feel more it. creeped out by that, actually. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should probably still, you know, not do that without that. I think the gay is irrelevant here. I think any friend who yeah. would do like fan fiction about their friends, I don't know. I'm not. I'm just not sure how comfortable I would it's be like, if yeah. a friend did yeah, it about r- me. Write it, then burn it when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, when I was uh, when I worked with Adam Sessler, I somehow found. I don't know. There's, there's really. I've kind of painted myself into a corner here. I don't recall how I came upon this, <laughs> but I did find fan fiction that someone had written 
when he was still on G4 that was, it was angry ha- fan fiction written because he'd given a Naruto game a bad score. <laughs> God. And so it was about... It was about CM Punk and some other wrestlers and the Naruto cast beating up Adam Sessler. Oh my god. For being bad at reviewing a Naruto game. And so I printed out a bunch of copies and left them around the office. Brilliant. Um, I get a lot of I get a lot of questions on my Ask FM page, and thanks to the anonymous nature of things, I get a lot of people who are okay with admitting the various things that they think about me. Um, and I've had and, and a part of Part of what I would say about this fan fiction question is uh, it really does depend on what you know about your friends and what you already know their boundaries are. Because I've, mm. I've, to my own misfortune, set very lax boundaries with myself to the point where people are perfectly fine with doing things. And it is fine, I don't mind. But then I do get questions like I got the other day. In fact, I'm going to... I mean, one, one question I got recently was, uh, if I meet you at a convention and pay you $50, will you smack me fucking hard in the face with your gloves on? And I got a, I'm getting a lot of increased questions of people who just want me to dom them um, at game conventions, which, if the price is right, I'm fine with. It's not my, my particular field of expertise, but, but that's fine. But the one question I got uh, recently was... was it was really quite interesting. Um, <laughs> my partner showed me some of your YouTube vids ages ago, and since then, you've somehow become a kind of revered squishy feels kinky idol. Totally non-sexual, though. Wondering if you're okay with being referred to as Uncle Jimmy and referenced in kink discussions, as that's pretty much what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fuck is your life, Jim? <laughs> Some of my real life friends will just like they'll stumble on something and they will just look at me like while well, we're playing D and just because your your fans are fucking weird, Jim. Wow, like um, I feel so boring now. Like the most I'll get from fans is like you're really cute, <laughs> and like that's as far that's as explicit I've, I've as yet they to go. Have fan fiction, but I have had the. Uh, I'm quite proud of the image that uh, someone made where it is just me seductively draped across the butt. The the butts version of the mm. Iron Throne. Oh yes, we, we did talk about, about that last week. We we all got the some wonderful throne. fan art this week from uh, Melinda yes, Olive. Those they pictures were beautiful. beautifully They're done. Wonderful. That yeah. being said, I do have a soft spot in my heart for being draped across a butt, a throne made of butts. Yeah. Something, there's just something about that that's very special to me. Yeah. So anyway, um, if you're gonna if you're gonna refer to me as Uncle Jimmy uh, in in your weird kinky talk, what mm. confuses me is how it's non-sexual. Mm. Max. That that I find unusual. Have, maybe Ma- that's the maybe that's the the fetish is that it's it's, it's like completely a, platonic. Max, have you ever had really weird fan art drawn of you? Ah, uh, a little bit here and there. Yeah. Uh, there's one. Probably my favorite was back when I was doing the Destructoid show. We had a contest that was it was just draw. It was like draw draw me and and Tara Long and oh dear, someone did this incredible, just bafflingly well done f- image of. Tara using her buttocks to smash my Boba Fett mug and hit me in the face at the same time. And it was just like this gorgeous, like well-colored, like well-inked, just like kind of vaguely anime looking, but just, I mean, think like late 90s image comics, like just really gorgeous, just very vivid. But it was just a picture of me getting smashed in the face with a butt. (laughs) That is the kind of thing the internet will do and waste its considerable talent doing. I mean, the, the talent is what gets me. Some yeah. of these people are... In, like, there was a hentai artist who drew pictures of me. Um, some gender swap pictures of me. One picture of me on my knees getting bummed by uh, an elf lady and, and she, she, with a massive dong. Um, and it was incredible. Mm. I mean, again, like I say... And then there was also the... Um, what we christened Quimothy Girling. Quimothy Girling. I mean, yeah. that wasn't... Porn, but that was fucking talented. Someone mm. wrote, drew me as a magical, um, magical girl, mm. um, which I is like it. incredible. Um, but for someone to draw like very, very beautifully drawn uh, pornography of me, um, it ended up on some like like fairly sizable Twitter <laughs> blog or something. Um, this this one of me just getting it from. Do this. I want to ask what Fuda um, means? It's it's uh, ladies with penises. That is oh, that right, is basically okay. Futa. 
Is that a fair explanation? What does is it is it an acronym? No, it's it's short for it's short for futinari, which is a it's a it's a food where it's a, a when they make a salad with a hot dog on it. It's a traditional Japanese dish. Is, is that really where it no, comes from? No, not at all. Well, that kind of would make sense. But it sounds good. It sounds like a like a oh yeah, I'll that, have the that sounds like a true science fact the, the, that you gave us. Miso futinari, whatever, you know? Mm. Yeah, you, you, you sounded like you gave me a real science fact <laughs> that I was very excited about. But it it um, does refer specifically to, um, I mean, it's most commonly associated with hentai versions of, um, you know, trans representations in a, in a pornographic sense. Um, I guess it's, it's, the, it's the, the, the most diplomatic way I can describe it. Um, yeah. And it's, it's very fun. When you're in it's one of those. It's a thing that exists. It's a thing that exists. I mean, um, she, this person drew me Mysterio um, with a giant um, chest um, going high gym. Like, like re- really fucking sexy Mysterio uh, lady, which was my uh, cell phone background for the longest time. And then she did one that was just straight gay. Uh, of of boy Mysterio and me eating him out. No, or was it, no? He was eating me out, which was weird because he still had the fishbowl helmet. How does that even work? He's a master of illusion. Was there just a bunch of Was there a bunch of fog covering up like the? No, he was just. It was like I was like I think it was because I haven't seen it in ages. But I think I was closer to the I guess the quote unquote camera of the picture, and he was also, like. I like that we are we are legs. so we are so far in the weeds that. Several seconds ago, you said it was straight gay. Yeah, I was going to call him out on straight gay. Yep, it was just straight gay. Oh, well, I mean, obviously, when, when I say straight gay, I'm, I mean, you know, clearly gay. No, 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 gay. no, I, I prefer the idea that you were, you were straight gay. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mysterio was eating my ass out, but, you know, no homo. Well, well, that's a thing. That's that's a subset of, of male activity is straight on straight. Like that was joked about on a, a Charlie Brooker show, um, Nathan Barley, straight on straight gay sex. But that's an actual thing, and it's been coming up more and more. Like things like yeah. the bro jobs and all this kind of stuff. Str- people who identify as straight, nonetheless, engaging. In you know, I with- I think that's just another example of why like sexual labels just really. It's time to retire them all because <laughs> people are I mean, just honestly, I'm people not, are just yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. like, I mean, if someone wants, if someone identifies as straight and you know still likes uh, some cheeky male on male fun or, or, or lady on lady fun, you know, mm. fair fair dues. Identify how you want, but certainly for me, like, I found labels to be so like when people people ask me, like, especially on YouTube where they don't really know too much about me beyond the videos. I get so many people saying, are you gay? And I'm like, no. Um, are you straight? I'm like, no. Uh, like I, I did away with labels a long, long time ago and just find it easier to just say, God I, damn it, Jim. Fit, fit into an easy box I can categorize you <laughs> with, won't you? Yeah. I mean, I think that orientation and uh, mental health diagnosis and politics are all in the same spot where on the internet, our opinions are also kind of like widespread and it's so there's so many different moving parts and it's so much easier to kind of try to categorize things that people are trying to have more finite categories but that's kind of missing the point when everything is really just part of a larger much more complex gradient yeah Yeah. indeed believe what you want and love who you want and be who you want and there there you go and you might you might be someone who fancies the opposite sex for your entire life and then at 70 years old you find someone of your own gender you fall madly in love with and don't worry about it. Yeah, who gives exactly. a shit? Don't worry about it. Like that—that's that. You know, like you can lose years worrying about. I—I I lost years worrying about it, and it's a shame. And there is, yeah, there is nothing wrong with it. It's like I have only ever liked ladies, and then I was like, you know what? That's a hot guy. That's totally fine. I still mostly like the ladies. Mm. I, you know, every so often there'll be like a Gerard Way type, and I'll be like, get yeah. yourself a little bit of yeah, boy side right. corn. Yeah, that's it's perfectly fine, and and I think ultimately the lesson here is draw more pictures of me getting bummed by hot ladies. Um, you know, I'm they mysterious. can use strap-on or, 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 or whoever. What about uh, what about other Spider-Man villains? Other Spider-Man villains would be fine. Um, I like to talk about. I like talking about Spider-Man villains with you, Jim. The other two of you, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. I but we can I, find I, out. I enjoyed the Spider-Man villain talk. Uh, on the topic we were on, shall we just go into which Spider-Man villain would you like to ha- have the sex done with? that a good yeah, why not? point? Why not? 
I'm going to be really yeah, surprised yeah. if Jim doesn't say Green Goblin, him being William Defoe and all. Um, well, I mean, actually, um, I mean, if if we're talking, because obviously my favourite Spider-Man villain is Mysterio. I mean, I've talked about that many mm. times. Um, and Willem Dafoe, I don't find, I'm not sexually attractive to Willem Dafoe. And and I don't mean that to put him down. I just feel like, like me and Willem have something deeper than that. Something that mm. transcends <laughs> base physical urges. Um, spiritually, I feel like we're the same person. Like, like we're, we're soul-melded. Uh, in a way, and I channel him, which is why I'm I have so much energy for work. Yeah, you don't want to throw back a couple of glasses of rosé and fuck on the couch. You want to do no, peyote in the Nevada no. desert. Exactly. I mean, I'd, you know, you go to the vulture for a quick bang. You don't you don't go to the Green Goblin for that. I would go with the lizard. I think the lizard is the best of both worlds because you know, first off, he's he's big, he's strong, he's manly, he's you know he's big and powerful. You could have a good sort of quick bang with him and then he'd hold you in your arms afterwards and you'd just feel protected. You'd feel safe in those big muscular lizard arms. But what if he became relaxed enough that he returned to Kurt Connors' form? He wouldn't be holding you in his arms because he only has one arm. But that might make him better at spooning. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, he can just lie on that side. Um, Exactly. There wouldn't be that awkward thing where you're shifting around trying to get the arm around your head. Well, see, this is the thing, is I was just imagining the lizard for banging, and then after we've been cuddling for a while, he'll slowly relax, go back to Kurt Connors, and that's when, you know, you've got someone you can have your meaningful, deep, long-standing relationship with, and then when it's time to bang again, just uh, get the lizard out. That's a Connors in the streets, lizard in the sheets. <laughs> exactly. You see where I'm going. Best of both worlds. Uh, for me, though, in all seriousness, I'll choose, I'll choose a boy and a girl. Um, I'll oh. go with Phil Urich. For the boy, that's the newest hobgoblin. Uh, just because, first of all, lovely hair. Second of all, total freak, I bet. Total freak in the bedroom. Mm. Um, has a flaming sword. Laughs a lot. So, good for a giggle. And the latest beetle for the girl, Janice Lincoln. Because, mm. I mean, that, that is, that's a fucking sweet beetle suit. Well, see, I, I feel like, Jim, you, you wrote off the idea of the Green Goblin a little too quickly, initially. Uh, you know, you might have just been put, uh, putting aside the Willem Dafoe one. I don't think it matters to me which Green Goblin it is, because the Green Goblins all have an impressive arsenal of um, tools that are fit for any occasion. That's true. And I'm thinking that he probably has a nice kink closet of, like, here is my, my Goblin whip and my Goblin... Sex gas and my goblin, I don't know, my goblin butt plugs. I mean, I can imagine him like like popping one of those pumpkins up someone's ass and just letting them oh, off. Yeah. Like like. Yeah. No, they'd all be they'd all. That's the thing is that pumpkins are not sexy. The green goblin you can get a little bit sexy there, but all of his all of his shit's all pumpkin shaped. So it'd be like fucking a Halloween warehouse, just a bunch of. <laughs> You, you say that like fucking a Halloween warehouse is not a sexy, do they a, make, appealing do idea. They, do they make pumpkin butt beads? Because that seems um, like a butt plug is if, kind if of out there. If you have to ask, do they make this ver- thing that you can put up your butt? The answer is always yes. But if I mean, how if legitimate thought, is it? If you do they make it? It exists. You can put pumpkins up your butt. Shorter question. Is it on Amazon? Let's find out. Um, I'm going to Amazon now. My first search pumpkin gives me sex beads. pumpkin flavored anal beads. But I think that's a poem someone wrote. I'm gonna read. So I'm, they don't have. I'm gonna read this poem. <laughs> this is by Ray Strickland. Uh, pump now pumpkin. He didn't put the P in. Uh, pumpkin flavored anal beads, uh, aka boots on the ground. There's something so big coming our way. The devil is real. I've seen him in the wake of jet fighter plumes. There's a liquidation of souls happening. A worldwide sale of ejaculate in high definition. Phone apps flavoured in pumpkin latte spice that helps us peek at private parts and guide us to our charitable handouts. Our darkness has been double dipped in vibrant colours. Alluring by design, sexy by nature. There's something so big coming our way. The devil is real and there are contracts to be signed. That, that was, that was right. pretty good. And that's how you sell the world on putting pumpkins up your ass. <laughs> Conversely, if you search for pumpkin anal beads on Amazon, it does not come up with any results for that particular product, but it does have three suggestions. The first one is a special blend of soft chew pumpkin flavored dog treats that don't that keep them from wiping their butts on the carpet. <laughs> 
<laughs> the second is a is an ebook. It's a Kindle book by Felicia Dewald. It's called Little Pumpkin, and it's part of the first time taboo forbidden household fantasy collection. I love those books. And then books. the last thing is called the Glandex Anal Gland Fiber Supplement for Dogs and Cats. So, um, you kind of mentioned uh, Amazon sex ebooks. People keep asking me to talk about this one particular one that I'm going to have to talk about. I did purchase this ebook after many people showed it to I me. I think I know what this there is, is going to be. There is an ebook <laughs> called Pounded in the Butt yeah. by My Own Butt. Yeah, I knew, I knew this was going to be the one. Um, and I'm bringing up the description because this book is fantastic. Um, by the way, while you do that, I'm uh, my vote f- uh, for, for title this week goes to uh, Pumpkin Flavored Anal Beads. Pumpkin anal beads I, is I definitely tempting. Anal. I've also found out that if you Google search pumpkin anal beads, uh, the Rule 34 website comes up. And apparently, pumpkins and furry porn go together like a duck and water. Uh, there is a lot of images of, of anthropomorphized wolves and dogs. <laughs> uh, there's one here. There's a lady... Um, it, it, it would again be in the footer category of, uh, uh, I think it's, it's some sort of dog uh, lady. Uh, sh- what she's done, and this is quite inventive, is she sat on the pumpkin with the pumpkin stalk going up her ass. Which, which again, I, I, I'm not one to judge, but a pumpkin stalk is gnarled. Very gnarled, very, very oh, awful. spiky. Like, I don't, I, she's enjoying it, she's smiling. But I just can't help but think like that is, I wouldn't do it. I would, I would like, like, give her a medal uh, mm. because I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't sit on a pumpkin stalk. So I, I just found, I found the description of pounded in the butt by my own butt. I think you're all going to enjoy this. I'm going to do a nice dramatic reading for you. Are you all ready, children, for story time? Yes, yes we are. Yes, I am. Okay. Rip it okay. up. Okay, story time. Kirk is a scientific researcher on the leading edge of cloning technology, but his team has reached a standstill. In an effort to stabilize rapid clone growth, researchers have been taking DNA from various parts of their bodies and combining it with small amounts of animal DNA. But when the scientists combine samples from Kirk's butt, brain, and a hawk, the resulting effect is a handsome living ass who immediately sweeps Kirk off his feet over a candlelit dinner for two. Kirk has finally found a lover that truly understands him at his very core, his own gay ass. This erotic tale is 4,000 words of sizzling human-on-gay-ass action, including anal, blowjobs, rough sex, cream pies, and sentient butt love. I love that they had to specify anal. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you'd be worried. You can buy that for $3.15 on Kindle. Sent- the sentient butt love is uh, is interesting because it's sort of forgetting that butts are usually attached to sentient individuals, well, it, such well, as human beings. They are, I get the, the butt, butt, butt on its own, but... The butt itself, if you usually chop the butt off and just have the butt, the butt itself is not sentient. This is like, no, this butt has gained self-awareness. It understands that it is just a butt. Do you ever read Voltaire's Candide? No. There's a woman in that book who has one of her butt cheeks cut off by Bulgarian soldiers because they didn't have any food, so they eat one of her butt cheeks, and then for the rest of the book, she has to ride around on on one one butt cheek on the side of a horse. Wow, Fair that's a that's <laughs> a book that they they it sounds smart if you're like, have you ever read this? Have you ever read any Voltaire? Have you read a, Have you read Candide? And if you read it, you're like. Who the fuck wrote this? Oh my god. I'm I'm just reading through the other books that Chuck Tingle has written. The best one might be Pounded in the Butt by a copy of my book, Pounded in the Butt by My Own Butt. In which Chuck Tingle, the author, is pounded in the butt by a copy of the book that he wrote about being pounded in the butt by his butt. That's amazing. Um, that's that's buttception right there. He also wrote a Space Raptor Butt Invasion. Um Angry man pounded by the fear of his latent gayness um, over a diagnosis of transitioning into a unicorn. Wow. <laughs> um, the trillionaire tater tots caused me gay. Oh, that's good. Um, that's good. Someone sent me. Someone sent me one of those books. Not the butt ones, yeah. but it was a book about a housewife whose dog turns into a man every now and then and fucks her. Um, um, <laughs> he he wrote pounded. Uh, my sorry. My ass is being haunted by the gay unicorn colonel. 
Um, glazed by the gay living donuts. I can, kind oh, wow. of, I can kind of see that one because there's, you know, a very sort of butt-like opening in the middle. Um, I like it, I like the word. I like glazed in the sexual context. Glazed is un- underused. It just gives this nice sexy sheen, doesn't it's it? It's as classy as it is disgusting, and that's what I like. And I, I, I say have... that as I'm looking at a picture of a dog boy. This Again, I'm still on the Rule 34 thing. Dog boy with a scarf and stockings riding um, a big black and red muscular body with a huge coming cock, wings and a pumpkin head. Uh, so that's good. I, I have one more book title from this author. I'm, I'm going to save the best for last. Mm. My billionaire triceratops craves gay ass. <laughs> oh, that one's that one's that one's played out. Everyone's heard of that. Oh, one, that old. I'm sorry. That old I'm sorry that I'm playing into that. I've never heard of that one. Gay triceratopses. <laughs> no, no, it's a Roald Dahl classic. He wrote that one after the Chocolate Factory. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Would Would you pound me in the ass? Would you pound me nice and fast? Charlie takes a great glass elevator directly into Willy Wonka's old Chocolate Factory. <laughs> 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 it's an everlasting string of gobstoppers being pulled out slowly one by one. Would you one. like to take a swim in my chocolate river? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm writing some slash fic about Augustus Gloop and Bruce Bogtrotter fucking in a big cake. Um, my favorite fan fiction a friend of mine wrote was a, um, a SpongeBob SquarePants fan fiction that contained the line, um, My body may be soft, but my rector dick is hard. And oh, yeah, that's he's spongy, but he's hard where it counts. Apparently, I hate when spongy is used to describe human tissue. Because mm-hmm. I, when someone says spongy, I'm thinking like some sort of horrible, like like foreign growth like that the, shouldn't the way, be on the body. I, I picture like the way that Gav's head has kind of caved in. It's like that's a bit spongy. It's not meant to be like that. Yeah, once the crows have gotten to it. Yeah, mm. yeah, they've been kind of getting all the proud flesh away. And just leaving a spongy membrane. Um, spongy isn't good. Spongy isn't good. Like, it makes me think of living sea creatures. And I mean, well, obviously a sponge you know, comes from the, that thing. But just, no, no thank you. I think we just, um, I think because we were so serious on last week's podquisition, we just, like, used up all our karma for that. <laughs> because the last half hour... <laughs> Yeah, um, we're kind of making making up. We're for making up for do, being so do we, serious do we want last to stop week. People shouting at us by at least doing one video game this discussion. Doesn't... Well, we didn't talk no, about volume can. at all. Oh yeah, Jim's in a video game yeah. that came out this week. I had some mixed feelings on that video game. Jim I haven't had a chance it. to play it yet, but I'm hearing great things. So I'm going to give my thoughts on on volume, knowing full well that Jim is in it, and I know Jim, and I know Mike, who made the game. But I'm oh, going to yes. be critical, so therefore it's fine for me to talk about. Um, <laughs> you can where, be as critical yeah. as you want. I didn't okay. fucking make it. Um, where Thomas Was Alone was a game that was, it, at least in my eyes, was narrative over mechanics. Volume has gone the other way and is mechanics over narrative. It is a really strong... 3D isometric stealth game. I really enjoyed it mechanically start to finish. I think that the plot has suffered. It is inconsistent in spots. There is, I know it's a dirty word to use, but ludonarrative dissonance abound. Um, There are some really weird pacing issues and there are narrative plot holes that just don't get properly addressed. It's a really ambitious narrative. I don't think it's uh, ever really fulfilled, which is disappointing because that's kind of what I loved about Mike's first game. Um, this is still a really solid game. It's in a genre that I don't usually enjoy and I still enjoyed it mechanically but yeah, I was I had some problems with the handling of what was a really ambitious, exciting narrative. Problem is, is I'm not in it enough. Laura, you, yeah, you, you, Laura, you suck at collusion. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> volume is 10 out of 10, 10 best game ever. I do not know, Jim. And Mike Bickle <laughs> never paid any money into Patreon. It is best game. Thank you. <laughs> that's is that how you better, Gab? Right. Is that better? Is that better collusion? Yeah. That, I think that's a great box quote. I think it is best game. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm a critic and I've said it now. Uh, volume is best game. Thank you. Hearing that, I want to buy it. And I already have it. So yeah. that, that that's me sold double double so, sold. Mike yeah, Mike like, Mike was kind enough to give me a code, so I'm gonna download it and play it tonight, and I'll let you know yeah, what I think of it next to, week. To to not spoil too much, like my problem with the narrative is, it is 
it is a narrative that is mainly trying to tell like this story of, hey, it is a guy in a privileged, a fairly privileged position in society who is with no risk to himself, encouraging like worse off people in society to revolt. Oh wait, those p- worse off people in society, there are consequences for them trying to do crimes. Uh, and then the game just never really addresses that really interesting moral question properly. It spends like half the game looking at that moral question and not doing anything with it, uh, which is a bit of a shame. Well, I hope it does well, just because, you know, if there's a it's, sequel, I'll have yeah, more work to do. <laughs> exactly. It's a solid game. It's just a shame that the narrative's inconsistent. There we go. We did a serious video game talk. I tried. I've been trying to do this all hour. I played a game called Fingered. Oh, tell us about. Oh yeah, that's the that's the new uh, Ed McMillan, yeah. The new Ed yeah. McMillan game, yeah. What was what was fingered like? Right, it's what? it's that game. It's Guess Who, like that old board game Guess Who, where you describe someone's physical features and eliminate people. What, it's why that. is it called fingered? Oh, I had really different images in my head there. No, yeah, you you because you finger the guilty bun. You point a do, finger do you, at uh, them. You point a finger at them. Okay. And they get uh, electrocuted. But let's course, let's let's be. I mean, when, is it Amer- like in America? Is the word "fingered" used in the same way it's used in Ireland and the UK? Does it have the connotations of sticking a finger up someone? Yeah, it's like you oh, know, God, did, yeah. did no, you yeah. get fingered okay, out the back fine. of the Harlequins disco last uh, night? I mean, it's very clear what I mean. You know, this is Ed McMillan. Everything he does has poo in it. Yeah. Uh, I think we, uh, I, I think we can narrow down his motivations for things. Um, so yeah, clearly the the idea is ha ha fingered. <laughs> the it's... first thing that comes up is fingered on Steam. <laughs> <laughs> but it is quite a. <laughs> it is an interesting game. Um, these people give descriptions. You know, he definitely wasn't tall and stuff. And you kind of narrow down who it was and try and guess the guilty person and get them electrocuted. Um, it is weird and it's got some problems, but it looks promising. It, it's quite fun. I played four good games in a row on my YouTube channel this week. That, that that's is, on, that's that an unprecedented streak. Shocking and, and terrible. Yeah, I played Dropsy. Dropsy, that weird adventure game about the squishy clown, which is amazing. Oh, how is that? Is that good? So fucking weird. But like, like I was cackling all throughout. I, I spent about half an hour with it and it is the good kind of creepy weird. Yeah, that, that's what it is. It's... And I mean, the fact that it's an adventure game by way of Devolver, I feel like that's a pretty good, pretty good indication there. Yeah, definitely. And it is a, like, like after all the the Walking Dead, all the Telltale stuff, after the New King's Quest, you know, all that's, you know, I really like that stuff. But this goes back to, you know, a really familiar point and click adventure game, while also just being fucking bizarre. Uh, so yeah, so far I've only played a little bit of it, but so far it look, look looking like something I'm going to recommend a lot. Uh, played volume, of course. I like that, but then of course I'm of course biased, it is the good game. Cetera. Thank you. Yeah. It is the good game. Thank you. Um, played fingered and played zombie, which is the redone zombie U, which would be fantastic if not for you play and just Ubisoft being Ubisoft on PC. I wasn't a fan of it because I play. I I kind of enjoyed zombie U when it first came out when the Wii U launched because you know there was nothing else and it made interesting use of the gamepad. I tried playing the, the the PS4 port and I was just like, without the gamepad features, I'm suddenly a lot less interested in this game. I felt the, the opposite way. I felt like it didn't really lose it. I, th- I felt like it exposed uh, the Wii U gamepad stuff for a lot of the kind of fluff that it is. Because um, my everything I enjoyed about it, the atmosphere and the tenseness of the combat and the real survival horror elements to it were still there. So I was okay with it. As I say, my main problem was I played it on PC, and it's an Ubisoft game on PC. Uh, enough fucking if you're, said. If, uh, if you're doing the podquisition bingo at the moment, it's time to strike one off, because I'm about to mention Diminishing Returns. And I think like <laughs> there's just so many games like that already, where you batter zombies in first person, and say, like, do we really need another one? Well, that's the thing. Like This, this is why, for me, zombie slash zombie you stands out, is because... They made the zombies intimidating again, where a lot of games, they're just there to be bashed. Here, it's like you've got a cricket bat that you've got a ready first before you swing it. So it's like you're readying, swing, readying, swing. Um, you do have guns, but they take a long time to reload. They're just very rarely practical. Um, 
each combat, like, if you go up against three zombies at once, it's a legitimately scary thing, rather than going up against a massive horde that you're just battering. Um, that sounds um, that sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was just yeah, I was curious about how how that worked without the gamepad though. I didn't I didn't play the original on Wii U because I assumed it would be coming to you know regular stuff yeah. sooner. I didn't think it would take this long, but I mean yeah, like, I, I enjoyed it a lot. That's all I can say. The, you know, I, I enjoyed it. The thing that I kind of felt was lost from it is I really enjoyed Zombie U mainly for some of the stuff it was doing. Where it's when you're in the middle of you know killing some zombies and you know there are more zombies coming, but you're running low on ammo. Um, it's like, okay, I'm going to loot this corpse. And that's what the gamepad stuff was used for is, hey, I'm looting a corpse on the gamepad, but up on the screen, zombies are still coming for me. I thought that tension was really, really well handled. I really liked the tension of trying to do something that I needed to do in order to better prepare myself to survive. The thing but is, though, also, yeah, like, the I tension's felt that was still missing. there, though. The tension's still there. They just overlay what was on the gamepad on the screen. It's still going on it's, in real time. It's no different to, it say, is, Dark but, Souls like, now. It, it just the the difference between having to glance down and up and down and up and ha- like two separate screens versus one that's kind of like I can more easily process one screen that's separated into a couple of sections than I can moving my head between two screens, and I felt it lost some of that tension in those moments. I guess I mean for, you know f- fair dues. It's just I, for me, I didn't feel like it really changed it's like, anything. Fa- fair dues, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm speaking from my own. I would never say an opinion is wrong, uh, and and unless you know it is. Uh, but I'm just saying for me, like I just felt like the same level was. I guess just because again, I'm a big Souls player and and still had that get that tension from that where everything's going on in real time when you're on it in other menus. Um, and I didn't really feel the difference. Um, but I do think that for people who haven't played the Wii U version. Uh, this version is definitely worth checking out if you've got a PS4 or an Xbox One. Maybe think about whether or not you want to deal with Uplay and Ubisoft's bollocks if you're on the fucking PC. Because, I mean, I couldn't even get the fucking thing to, to run at first because I was putting in a verification code because we still have those in 2015. And it was going, oh, our servers are busy. You can't have the game that you own. It's like, fuck off. Ubisoft. You can't even make Uplay work properly and you're forcing it into all your shit. Uh, it's, it's a service no one asked for, barely anybody wants, and you can't even run it right. I can't now, stand Uplay. I, th- I hate to be the one to interrupt everything, but I believe we have to start wrapping up now because I think Max has got an important oh, actual yes. work meeting to go to. I have to, to go do work. Oh, oh, no, no, actual work. The man... Okay. Yes. Let's 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 get things wrapped up then. This this was this was a fantastic episode. I think. Thank um, you guys so much for having me. It was lovely. It's nice to have you. Yeah. Us. Um, I'm sorry that I tried to inject video games into what was clearly not a video game show. <laughs> how dare you? I know. How, how very dare, dare you? It's disgusting. The only game I play anymore is The Witcher because it never ends. Uh, yeah, I, I feel you on that one, man. Well, you know, it never ends, and now you've got new game plus as well. So mm. you know. I've, pr- I've pretty much exclusively played that game for the last three months now. Matt, before we go, Max, do you have a, an opinion on the fact that New Game Plus for The Witcher won't carry over your Gwent cards? I think that is one of the cruelest decisions. I think that the Gwent thing should be broken up as a, as a mobile app because that's a really fun game. Yeah. yeah. And actually, yeah. one thing that would, would be lovely in that game is a checklist of Gwent cards you still have to get and where you can get them. Because I'm at a point now where I've beaten everyone and I'm like, where are the last two or three? I've no idea where they are. Yeah, like yeah. I had to give up on Gwent just for things like that. It's like, I, I'd like like actual starter decks you can buy to mm. try the other decks properly. And I'd like some better way of tracking I'm, them. I'm currently just like not going to New Game Plus because of the fact that those Gwent cards will go. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't want to have to start earning oh, those I'm not, all again. I'm not going to touch the New Game Plus. I'm going to eventually finish that game. Mm. I doubt I'll finish it in time to play... to start Metal Gear, but I'll have Metal Gear going on too. And then, of course, there's Fallout. You know, there's too many big games this year. Yeah. Witcher's really yeah. a big one too. Yeah. Oh, no, too many big games. No. Such a, such a hard time to have a real, a real life. We're, we, we've been pretty spoiled this year with, with good games. And it's compared to like last year, it's very refreshing. Oh, it's one of those years. 
Anyway, we gotta go. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. yes. Uh, <laughs> Self promotion and the things. Self promotion. Max, people yes. have listened to you on the podquisition and they're thinking, that boy sounds lovely. I want to know all about him forever. Where can they follow you and find your stuff and see your work and know who you are and get to know you intimately and have posters well, of you on their ceiling? I am a regular appearing <coughs> creature on IGN.com. I host the PlayStation podcast over there, which is Podcast Beyond. And we often get a little bit off topic. Not We don't get quite as blue as you guys do here because, you know, we do get to talk about we talk about some fun fun stuff uh and then i am also i just launched uh the new version of up at noon which is uh, a much more off topic and silly ludicrous show uh we do that live uh every thursday at noon pacific time uh so do the math accordingly uh recorded parts go up after the fact but it's it's a live show so it's kind of us just um you know, dicking around with the audience a little bit. We got silly Photoshop contests. We we have our second episode happening. What is it? Tomorrow at this point. Uh, so if you get a chance, check that out. And then of course on the side, I do the comedy button, which is entirely off topic and has nothing to do with anything. And that's just the comedybutton.com. That's uh, me and uh, four of my friends hanging out and talking about trying to function as human beings without losing any of our fingers in the process. Hooray! Excellent. And Laura, tell people things. You can find me at Laura K Buzz on pretty much everything. So Laura K Buzz on Twitter, iTunes, Patreon, Twitch, YouTube, whatever bloody thing you want to find me on. Destructoid, I'm there Monday to Friday doing UK editory things. I sometimes do stuff for The Guardian. I do interviews about intelligence stuff there. I do some reviews for Polygon. Find me all over the place. Gavin, say things. Uh, come over to my YouTube channel where uh, you can see me doing lots and lots of songs about different things and video game characters sometimes which every week I get a new message from someone saying, whoa, I found you in Podquisition and never listened to your music, it's actually really good, and I'm like, yeah, I keep telling you guys this, go listen to it <laughs> it's a lot better than... Isn't that great? The, it's, you know, when people are like, this is actually not terrible Yeah. yeah. Well, I... Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, well, I know. You know, it's good music. You know. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, I yeah. keep stressing it. Like, you, Miracle of Sound is good fucking it's, music. It's and you good should music. To it. It's good music from someone who's got spiders crawling out of their ears. It's impressive you can do music that good in that exactly. state. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, had another four million view month this month. So thanks for that, uh, which is awesome. It's the big cheese. Mm. Um, so yeah, as for me. I'm in Google Gym on Google, and now I'm the second result. I, I don't know what I don't know who is fucking up at Google. I've climbed the ranks to the point where if you just put Jim in Google, I'm now just under the Wikipedia entry for the name Jim. Soon you're going to be in the dictionary, dude. I have one special recommendation for everyone, mm. and this is for all of you as well. This is a special treat I'm leaving you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want you to go to Google, and I want you to search Spider-Man Gamescom. And I want you to watch the first video that comes up because it's one of the most special things you will ever see. And that's all I'm going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> okay. I will, I will do that. That sounds mysterious. <laughs> I, um, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, and that's something for the listeners to do with their time now that they're sad that this is drawing to a close and they think, what the fuck are we going to do with our lives? You can go do mm-hmm. that. Spider-Man Gamescom. Uh, but Meditate thank on you, it. Yeah, you. yeah. Think long and hard. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for coming on, Max. It's, it's a joy to have you on again and, and I hope you come back another time. Yeah, very, yeah. very nice to have you on, Max. Nice Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having thank me. You. Awesome. So thank you all. We will see you again next week. Bye. 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 Bye.